0: here with me in the studio today. Hello. And we are going to jump right into a really heavy uh, topic for not just one, but a couple episodes here. And um, it all started. <laughs> it's it's funny. So um, I started watching The Morning Show. Yeah. Aaron, I know you watch yeah, this show. Too. I started watching it too. Yep. I didn't know what I was getting myself I did, into. I didn't either. Oh, my goodness. And actually, like I,
1: I didn't expect to like it even. I don't know why. I didn't even know what it was. I wasn't I, when I started it my husband's like, you're going to like this. I'm like, okay. So I started that's all I knew. Yeah. And that Jennifer Aniston was in it. And, and Reese Curl, Witherspoon. And I love Reese, Reese yeah. Witherspoon. Yeah. She's like one of my faves. Yep. And so that was it. I had no idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's on Apple plus if you're listening mm-hmm. and you wonder how you can watch this show, it is um, uh, a show about, it's kind of like a take on like, let's say like good morning America, for example, yes. it's got um, a host and a hostess of a national morning, morning television, news show, mm-hmm. entertainment, Um, and, uh, they have issues in their workplace (laughs) and And they rise to the top and blow up. They, yeah, like they, they blow up. Uh Right. And so as, as their workplace issues Mm progress through the episodes, it got to this one episode where I just can't. Uh, like I was like, yeah. I can't ignore all of this anymore because like every single one of these episodes, I think about something that maybe I've seen mm-hmm. or something that somebody mm-hmm. has told me about that they are experiencing mm-hmm. in their workplace. Yeah. And uh, the fact that we all are intrigued by this so much yeah. tells me that we all have experiences well, in this ab-
1: on either side. Absolutely. And I think even if you haven't, if by chance you haven't had that experience in this particular episode, yeah um they did such a good job of putting you Right there. Right there. Like it's a whole different all of the different things that are actually maybe running through your mind in that situation. And yeah, you can and put they yourself in like their shoes. Come trickling down and you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Wait. You know, you don't know what it feels like to be in that position. And they did a pretty good job of putting you right there. Oh yeah. Like and I- that's what got me. I was like, oh, oh, and it's it's nauseating.
0: It is nauseating, but you can Uh and it sparked a lot of conversations between Tony and I afterwards. Like he was like, why, why would this have happened? And I'm like, well, it's a whole bunch of things that like, uh, you know, and it, it shot me back to my workplace that I was in prior to farm her Mm -hmm. and um, just like little things that, that really probably should have been bigger things, you know? And um, so it, spurred me to say, we need to, let's do an episode because this. we hear this with grow mm-hmm. too, right? You're, Absolutely. I, I know that you have um, worked very closely with many different uh, organizations that have been yeah. part of our grow events for young women in the past yep. and the driving point behind them engaging with us is their diversity and inclusion yeah Mm -hmm. like they know that their organizations as a whole Uh we we need younger people in the workplace especially in agriculture right we need women in the workplace we need uh ethnic diversity we age diversity at all like i always say like every culture needs diversity right Mm -hmm. and so um Every culture needs diversity to thrive, whether that's a work culture, whether it's a community that you're in somewhere or another, yeah. it needs diversity. And, um, you know, I, I think as businesses and organizations, we all want to thrive, right? right. And so and that's you, and why this need matters. And yeah, yeah,
1: to thrive. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, like where I, I had a overall, a, a decent, okay experience yeah. in my former career, but it helped me to realize that there are things, little mm-hmm. things, even mm-hmm. that go that, on everywhere. They go on. And, and, and they add up, they add up. And they're, they're the things that maybe get you to the point where you say, I'm going to turn around and walk away, Right, which right. I'm so glad I did actually.
1: Like <laughs> it really and, worked out because for this, the best.
0: This is a two part conversation, yeah. right? I also was uh, feeling like I needed to do something, something different, different for mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but um there's all kinds of issues and, and no one workplace is immune to it. It's free and clear. No, nope, no. And it's a chain, a fast changing world too. You know, uh, we're going to talk about a whole host of things in this episode, Mm -hmm. but the reality is like, you can't be ace at all of it too. And you know, I, I, the other side of the shoe, sometimes you go, well, sometimes like you just have to figure out how to like push through something. Right. But if that something keeps hitting you over and over, yeah. then, then it's then, not
1: healthy to push through yeah. anymore.
0: Yeah. So what do you yeah. do? Mm-hmm. I know. I mm-hmm. know. Right. Like yep. it's gosh, yeah. like I, I never expected, you know, 12 years ago to be sitting here talking about this, this but uh-huh. it's um, it's real. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. out there mm-hmm. and we're going to talk through it. Yeah. So we're, we're going to talk about, um, Diversity, diversity in the mm-hmm. workplace. We're going to talk about inclusion. We're going to talk about a number of terms around this that, uh, I think will apply to so many of you mm-hmm. regardless of what side of the fence you yeah. sit on. And, um, you know, it's just real Yep, is the, is the thing. So and really important and re- real and really important. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> so stick with us. We'll be right back talking about inclusion. And we are in the studio, as I have told you, and we have got a new guest here in the studio, Claudia Schabel. Welcome, Claudia. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm I'm so glad that you are here. So Claudia and I crossed paths as um, I I feel like this small business journey, this entrepreneurial journey, this whatever my life is now journey, (laughs) you know, over the last uh, six or seven years, um, I just never know where I'm going to land or who I'm going to meet, but I, I will say that it has forced me to open up more and to uh, like connect with people as our paths mm-hmm. cross it. And, and there's so many cool things out there. And so you and I sat on a panel together. Yes. Gosh, like. Probably a year ago. I don't even remember. It yes, was
2: I think about a year and a half ago.
0: Yeah. And been. you recently sent a message back out to that group of people. Good job for doing that, by the uh-huh. way. Thank it, you. It's a great way to <laughs> like say, Oh yeah, we need to like pop back in stay here and stay connected. And, right? yeah. Um and we on the panel were a diverse group of women who own businesses, right? Yes. Very different businesses in different areas, focusing on many different things. And um so uh, when you reached back out, I had just uh, watched an episode of the morning show that was like <laughs> weighing heavy on me, yeah. and um, and so I was like, "Gosh, it's time to do a radio show about some of the issues that exist in mm-hmm. workplaces." and As if on cue, you emailed like that day, I feel like. (laughs) This is
1: how things work in Margie's world, by the way.
0: Yeah, (laughs) so thanks for dropping Mm -hmm. in when I needed you to and reminding me that I have a subject matter expert Mm -hmm. right in our own um, backyard here in Iowa. And so, Let's start with a little bit about you. So can you tell us a little bit about your background, your history, where are you from and maybe what led you to um, start a business? Sure. I'll be happy to share. As you can tell, I have a Southern
2: accent. Yes. Mm -hmm. I was born in Brazil, grew up in Brazil. Okay. And uh, most of my family, my relatives live in Brazil, but my uh, nuclear family is actually here in Iowa with me, which I'm very lucky to have them so close. Yep. I moved to Iowa about 20 years ago because I met my husband in Japan when I was living in Japan. (laughs) You are international. You have been everywhere. (laughs) That makes sense. Right. So to Japan from Brazil to meet your husband from Iowa. (laughs) (laughs) So he's from Iowa. He is from Iowa. Okay. Most people, when I tell this story, they automatically make assumptions that he's Japanese. He's not. He grew up in Ames and Mm -hmm. lived in Ames for most of his life. And he was teaching English in oh, Japan. Yeah. Okay. And our paths crossed yep. when we're ice skating. Oh, of course. Which I don't do. I love that. Right. It served the purpose of meeting him. Other than that, I never <laughs> ice skate. But, and, and then the rest is history. We have been together for 25 years. And um, I love Iowa. Like,
0: uh, mm-hmm. Des Moines is my home. Yeah, well, I'm that's so great. glad that you're here. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about what your career um, was like and what led you to starting your own business because that, that's sure. where you're at now professionally. Yeah, so it's been an interesting uh, journey. I started my career here in
2: Iowa with a nonprofit organization focused mainly on international relations. I managed the U.S. Department of State program for a local nonprofit, loved it, mm-hmm. and then was recruited to work for... For um, a local financial services company mm-hmm. and started my career in human resources with a focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion strategies mm-hmm. with a very aimed goal of attracting and retaining talent. Right. Uh, and at, the, at that time, which was about, uh, let's say, 15 years ago, it was really the focus of how do we. Uh, diversify our pool of talent, diversify Mm -hmm. our pool of candidates. And and quickly I learned
0: that you can not only focus on attraction, you also have to focus on retention. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. for sure. And um, if I remember right, of where you worked, that was a big company, right? Like, and so it was uh, a
2: 15,000 employee company.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, I can't say that like diversity is the first thing that pops into my mind when I think of Iowa in general, yes. right? That's <laughs> uh, right? But but it is a diverse state, actually. And so focusing on why you need those that diversity in the workplace, I think, is a really key thing. Yes, it, and it is. So what led you from uh, there to go, I'm going to go out on my own and I'm going to go after this. It it did not happen overnight. (laughs)
2: Let me just uh, say a few things first. One, I think that uh, often people still define diversity as ethnic or racial diversity. Mm -hmm. And my conversation around diversity is to include everyone, even the Caucasian males in Mm -hmm. the room, because Mm -hmm. we all bring something unique to the table. At the end of the day though, we do acknowledge that there are some gaps under representation in the workplace mm-hmm. and we need to address them with strategies. But this is not a conversation mm-hmm.
0: to leave anyone out. Right. It's really to bring everyone together. Yeah, that's I,
1: great. That's a that's a really good key. I mm-hmm. love that. Yeah. yeah.
0: We I mean by the name of what we do, right? Mm-hmm. Like yes. we focus on women and there are times and it's, I won't say frequent, but it happens with some regularity where people say, well, what about the men? And I say, we aren't here to leave them out. We're just here to tell this side of the story. Right. And if you, if you pay attention, men do work their way into our stories many times, but I think it's that same point that, everybody's got a piece to to play in this, right? And we need all of you. Diversity matters absolutely in in any culture, in any culture.
2: And nowadays, I think because of the demographics and the changes that are happening, not only in the US, but across the globe, companies that are not paying attention to underrepresented communities within their workplace are going to feel it on the bottom line. Mm -hmm. So basically, they're not gonna be able to anticipate the needs Mm -hmm. that their customers might have. Right. Might not be able to really attract the customer
1: base that right. they want. That's yeah. a, that's that's interesting too because you're not rep, you're not represented within. Exactly. So how do you? Yeah, and it doesn't reach out. Yeah, it, and it
2: doesn't mean that because you're not, in my case, Latina from Brazil, you mm-hmm. won't know what a Latina needs. You can definitely Figure. go back to research. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. make assumptions, but. Yeah. There is researching show, research showing that if you have one person of a of a specific race or ethnic background on your team, there is 125 percent more. It's more 125 percent more likely that you can understand mm-hmm. and anticipate those needs, right. mm-hmm. which is
1: outstanding. That's, think that about, is outstanding. Yeah.
2: Think about that. That has a, a tremendous impact on, on how you serve your customers.
0: Yeah. And, and we are a global, I mean, no matter what business you're in, you are probably serving somewhat of a global uh, customer base at this yeah, point right like the, the internet has blown all doors off of of yeah. Me, yeah. I do business here with this type of person yes. and again and, and it permeates no matter where you are mm-hmm. so I think um, that that makes sense and you know going back to the old adage like you you can't walk in somebody else's shoes or I yeah. mess it up right like it it matters to be in those shoes mm-hmm. and to, to, be that to person. have that person mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. that can bring Uh, a different perspective, a different thought process Mm -hmm. versus I read on paper about this person. Exactly, exactly. Yeah,
2: Yeah, And it's really helping people bring their own voices into the conversation and, and adding to how we all together come up with solutions in designs of products or designs of services and so forth. Yeah. So going back to your question yeah. about how I decided to start my business, it, it was um, very um, surprising to me to start this business. <laughs> I always thought I would be what I called a corporate brat because mm-hmm. I love structure.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love structure, too. Let's let's hold on that because That's we're going to head to break. But mm-hmm. but I'm with you. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm totally with you. I've I've been there and. And then you jump off that ship and you go, okay, what happened to all my structure? Now I have (laughs) to create it, right? So everybody, this is uh, um, an episode all about diversity and inclusion. And we're going to continue the discussion with Claudia when we come back. We are... Being inclusive in here this morning in our discussion, right? And so we've uh, got Claudia Schabel. Schabel Solutions is the name of your company that you have. And when we uh, went to break, we were talking a little bit about the path that led you to do that. And I'd love to hear more. I always, 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 no matter what the business, no matter who the person, I think it's such an interesting thing to hear how that, like that windy journey, because it happens for all of us. Yes,
2: Absolutely. So as I mentioned, I I love Structured and I really had a very positive experience with the two companies that I worked with and worked for. I I still have colleagues that I'm in touch with. So it was surprising to me to open a business about three years ago, um, it, but I think the idea was sparked when I had a health crisis when I was 36 mm-hmm. years old. I was diagnosed with uh, cancer, mm-hmm. and I'm 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 all fine now. But I think that was a life changing experience for me. And I remember consciously telling myself. I want this to count. Mm-hmm. I want mm-hmm. this experience to change me, to allow me to take more risks, to not leave anything on the table. Because the questions I was asking myself was: Were um, am I living up to my potential? The answer was no. Mm-hmm. Am I really? Am I really stretching myself? The answer was no. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think that was what sparked. So, it took me about maybe five years from that point on to come to terms with, yes, I I can take that Mm -hmm. leap. It's Mm -hmm. a big leap. It's a big leap. And, you know, it takes a lot of discipline now that I am on this side of the
0: table. It does. (laughs) It's a surprising amount, doesn't Uh it?
2: Yes. And I I don't know if, if you have experienced this, Marjorie, but it takes discipline not only in executing the tasks that you have to execute on but also your psychological your mental oh, health yeah mm-hmm, right yes. because there are ups and downs that's right yeah.
0: and yeah those little voices right they yes. they get in your head and they go yeah. you know what on the, one of those downs uh, you might not be cut out for this like yeah. can you do this what if what if this like down keeps like getting down 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 deeper and deeper right yeah. and it it is one of the, I think, one of the toughest things. Yes, very tough. Yeah. So
2: it, it happened when a former colleague of mine working for a training company said, you know, we have a client. I know you are um, trying to decide what you're going to do. Um, we have a client who needs a training on unconscious bias. Would you be willing to do that? And I thought to myself, yeah, sure. It sounds like fun. Let me, let me look into it. it. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. And since then, I never stopped. Wow. And that was also surprising to me. (laughs) And I also um, enjoy every minute of it. I, I mm-hmm. always thought that I wouldn't like to be a consultant because of my experiences with the organizations that I worked for. It was mm-hmm. never easy to bring a consultant mm-hmm. in, even right. when I love them. Right. Yeah. It was so difficult. It's like yeah. pulling teeth. Yep. So mm-hmm. I never wanted to put myself in that situation. So I've been pleasantly surprised and very grateful that my experiences do not mirror the experiences
1: right. that I had uh, well, Those experiences have probably made you a different yeah. kind of consultant. Yes, so maybe, that maybe, maybe <laughs> is yeah. played into the equation. But then it's the other
0: side. Right, right. that other side. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
2: So today I am the president of Shabo Solutions, which is an organization to help organizations diffuse the dangers of unconscious bias from overlooked potential to outright train wrecks. Mm-hmm. And what we call, call train wrecks mm-hmm. are all of those headlines that we that have seen
1: mm-hmm.
2: around people with good intentions, but unfortunately biased behavior that
0: put their Mm -hmm. business at risk. Risk. Um, Yeah. I, 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 all these words, all these words bring such the media that is out there right now. If you really dig in and Mm -hmm. like I said earlier, that, that morning show that like sparked this. So I I worked in the corporate world for 11 years Mm -hmm. before I uh, took that leap and, and Mm -hmm. started this and, And I have to say that, you know, it's kind of dredging up a whole bunch of things Mm -hmm. that maybe at the time I didn't, you didn't realize, I didn't realize were maybe a problem as much as they were, but, but they were problems. Mm -hmm. And ultimately that's what pushed me. And part of it was maybe not living up to my potential, as you Mm -hmm. said, with, with yourself, but part of it was just problems that I was like, I can't fix this. I can't Mm -hmm. change this. So I'm just going to walk away from it. Mm And Darn it, that's frustrating. when right. you've spent eleven years, you know, working towards something, but, but, uh, unconscious bias, and mm-hmm. um, I wrote down overlooked potential. That was one of the first words that that you yes. uh, said. Would Would you tell us a little bit more about, um, as you see it, the the issues that might exist with overlooked potential? Yes, absolutely, what that means, yeah.
2: So, for um the sake of this conversation, I'm going to be very specific around examples that maybe your listeners have experienced themselves. Mm-hmm. Often, we as uh, women in the workplace um are put in some situations that don't quite allow us to live up to our potential. Right. For instance, if you are a woman that is now starting your own family or expecting, a child or have a small child at home, it's very uh, common for managers, Mm -hmm. both male and females, Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. make assumptions about your willingness to take a more challenging role or a role that expects you to travel Often and so forth. Yeah, and that for me is definitely um, limiting your potential as a talent.
0: It uh-huh. is, and you know the the fear of that too is real. Yes. like so so the reality yeah. is real, but the fear of it is real. So it's hard to know where to even be in it because uh, th- this launches me back to I I had a six week old child. Yes, I was um, working with. Um, all all men in my world, which is fine. They I had many wonderful experiences and, and wonderful mentors and great relationships mm-hmm. that came out of it. But um, most of them were men that were much older than me. Their wives stayed at home with their kids. Mm-hmm. And I was going back into this world where I felt like I needed to be very, um, like I needed to basically pretend like I hadn't had a child, right? Mm-hmm. Because I, right. I didn't want to be seen as different or mm-hmm. um, like I didn't want to stick out like a sore thumb Right. And so when it came up like, hey, we're going to New York the week that you come back to work, would you like to come along? I felt like I needed to, to say yes. Mm-hmm. And it was mm-hmm. like I had to pump on the plane. Oh. I like had to pump in bathrooms. Right. It's fine. I mean, yeah. but like looking back, it didn't matter at all if mm-hmm. I went, but I felt like if I didn't. was mm-hmm. It was something
1: you had to do because of Yeah. Like I was going, I
0: was like, they're not going to think I'm serious anymore about my job. And that's, it's real, right? It's it's hard. And uh, so like being a woman and being in that situation how, how do you tell both sides how Mm -hmm. to like, what is, I I realize that this is probably like weeks and months of workshops and, (laughs) and, uh, working with an organization. So to boil that down to like, how do you deal with this is is a really tough question, but I'm going to ask you anyway.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. So this is all, I always tell my clients, uh, you know, just for background information, I offer what I call two buckets of services. One is strategy, is really helping organizations develop a vision. The other bucket is around awareness training and and really giving more information about specific aspects of this really broad conversation around diversity, equity, and inclusion. But I always tell my clients, I'm there just for the duration of the training. I'm just opening the door for the conversation to continue. Mm -hmm. I don't make any the changes right. the transformation needs to happen within the organization and i that's why i favor strategy because strategy really drives that transformation right
0: right it it opens up that door for those changes to start to occur but i i i just got to think that like deep-seated things like that in yeah. an organization, I mean, it must take, I'm, I'm sure you have clients where y- you have like a years-long look Absolutely. at how they're going yeah. to oh, deal yes. with this, right? It's not It's not something that changes overnight. overnight. No, it doesn't change overnight. Yeah. Okay, we've got more to come. We've got so much more to talk about. <laughs> so stick with us here on Her. And we are back. And we have been talking about workplace inclusion, mm-hmm. diversity. Um, we talked in the last segment about unconscious bias, which I think is, um, definitely there as, as we are women in this room and how the workplace responds to us. Mm-hmm. You know, we are the only ones that can have children in in this <laughs> world, the way that it works. And so it is an interesting thing to navigate through and, and, uh, sticky and tough. And so, um, from that point for the organizations that you work with um, is is this more prevalent in some industries other more than others like do you see any trends for example in, in how that um, works?
2: If I see any trends no I don't see any trends necessarily I, what I see is that all industries, all employers experience a form of a challenge when it mm. comes to driving diversity and inclusion. Yeah. Now, I just want to quickly address that what I think is persistent within the organizations today is this um, very outdated image of what a worker looks like, of Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. a a mother looks like. Today we have same-sex couples in the workplace. Mm -hmm. So moms and dads do need to benefit from time Mm -hmm. off or even those expectations. Today we have transgender employees. We need to assess the benefits to understand, are we giving them the the benefits that they need? Um, and all of those individuals are in our communities. Yeah. So as an employer, we can't um, pretend that they don't exist.
0: Yeah, well, it, you can, but it's not going to be a good end to your business. Right. It, that That's, mm-hmm. I think, the, the ultimate point, right? Like, I, and I shouldn't say you can, but th- this probably still happens. And yeah. I think this leads me to my next thought is is it a struggle, um, from your perspective in the seat that you sit in now mm-hmm. to, to, I guess, sell your business and your services and know that it's very much needed. Like you can mm-hmm. see this, we yeah. see it everywhere. I would say it's more needed now than ever yes. before, but to how, how what I, I'm struggling to put this into words. <laughs> yeah. How, like, can an organization come to a point where it realizes it has a problem, right? Because mm-hmm. I think that head in the sand is like the easiest way to be, obviously, you know? And, and again, I'm thinking about maybe other organizations that I've been associated with in the past. And and you go, if if someone said, hey, we have a problem over here, mm-hmm. um, I think it would have just been brushed off the table yeah, put on under the rug. side. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so at what point do you see organizations and coming to you and saying, Hey, I I need help. We
1: need help. We have, yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And we know that to grow as an Mm -hmm. organization, Mm -hmm. we need to to do this.
2: So here's what I have experienced so far. Uh, One, as I mentioned before, I have pl- been pleasantly surprised to see that there is room for the kind of business that I have, that mm-hmm. uh, people do want my services, so I've been delighted. But on the, on the other hand, I also noticed that the people that think of me and think of my services are the people that are being impacted by microaggression, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. by unconscious mm-hmm. bias, uh-huh. and they have at least one experience that they can look back and think, wow. That really hurt my career. That hurt me. How can we stop so it doesn't hurt other people within this company company. that I love Mm -hmm. so much Mm -hmm. and I still want to work here? Those are the people that are the first ones to think about me. And then their task is to raise the issue within the organizations and take that issue with decision makers. Because Mm -hmm. often I have conversations with people that have no ability to make, make a decision, a decision right? mm-hmm. and to bring mm-hmm. me
1: to bring you in. for
0: a training or a strategy session or anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. I would say often, right? Like I often. that that makes sense that mm-hmm. those are the people that are most impacted by these exactly issues. Yeah, yeah.
2: and they see it. They yeah. they clearly see the problem and they already think they know the solution as well. Mm-hmm. So the second thing that I see is that. There are people, because they're so passionate and because they have experienced some of those situations of unconscious bias, microaggression, and so forth, they think they can also solve the issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Even though... You know, this is like communications. Just because we talk, we're not communications um, experts. Experts. Yep. So it's one of those things. Um, even if you yeah. are from a, a person of color or LGBTQ plus person or person with disability, it doesn't mean you're a practitioner.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and
2: that can be challenging if you're not a practitioner because based on our experiences, we're able to bring some innovative solutions to the table.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The third uh, issue I see is that... Um, People have good intentions, but sometimes they think they can just do a one-two hour training, and everything and will go away, and it will be mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. And as we mentioned before, this
0: is not an overnight issue to be solved. No, no, and I would imagine it's it's a really, really tough issue because you you might um, have one or two people on board, but you might have two other people on the other side of the table going, "No, no, no. Yeah. like we mm-hmm. we aren't." We don't yeah. need this, you know, like, um, because we all see what we want to see. Exactly. <laughs> you know. So I
2: always tell people that diversity, equity, and inclusion is not a isol- an isolated project initiative. It's really a part of your business strategy. Mm-hmm. When you think about talent, diversity, equity, and inclusion should be a part of that discussion. When you think about benefits, when you think right. about promoting people, when you think mm-hmm. about advertisement, when mm-hmm. you think about what new yeah. markets you're going to go to. Just, all of that. It,
1: it's throughout everything. Throughout
2: everything. Mm-hmm. What products are you developing? Yeah. For for what client base? Mm-hmm. Those are always
1: conversations that cannot be isolated. And I, would you say with the companies that you work with um, that you're seeing them start to include it more? I would think that historically it hasn't been run through all of these departments within an organization. Do you see it happening more?
2: That's a very good question. I'm not sure if I know the answer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do know that clients I have been working with are very committed to making changes. They're very committed to looking for opportunities to make those
1: changes. Mm -hmm. And that is exciting to me because
2: that's where we start. That's how it
1: should be. That's how we start. Well, and you know, even coming into this, I, I mean, a lot of the organizations we work with on our events they were coming from diversity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times though, those were not necessarily departments. Mm-hmm. They were group, like a task group, force, like a, task force yes. like a committee yep. of employees who are focusing on that. Right. Because they probably had because, an issue and yes, they pushed the envelope. Right. A bit. And so they're trying to address it. But to me, you know, even my general knowledge, like this is so informative mm-hmm. and it's so much deeper mm-hmm. and it's so important in so many ways. And just like you said, I mean, it's, it's an update on the workforce mm-hmm. and it should be company-wide everywhere. Mm-hmm. It makes yeah. so much sense. I think that's super job security for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, Not it's really, <laughs> yes. I mean, just listening to you in this little bit of time, I'm like, oh yeah. man, this is, Really important and yeah. really deep. Yeah. This is so funny, Erin. You know, when I started this business about three
2: years ago, I was telling everybody mm-hmm. that my goal was to run myself out of a business. Yeah. <laughs> because I hope it, that's yeah, true someday. Right? right. Well, you do, right? It you Ultimately, hope? the best. Mm, absolutely. In you know, even though I enjoy everything I yeah. do and everything,
1: it's
0: so fun. I don't want to see it going away, but wouldn't it be amazing? It would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, um, but but I'm sure you've seen even in the last three years of like the oh uptick of, yes. of awareness about about this and, yes. and the need to discuss it more and the need to to dig into it more, unfortunately. Yes. You yeah. Know. But I um, y- you said a few more words that I wrote down and mm-hmm. I want to talk about when we come back. Um, one of them was microaggression. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tony's probably sitting over here going, That's you, Margie. <laughs> but anyway, we'll be back here in just a few minutes. Welcome back. So we're uh talking diversity, we're talking inclusion and in the last segment, I heard you say oh, a word, Claudia. It's it's interesting, like all these like kind of buzzwords that like all of a sudden help me realize something a little bit differently. But uh, you said microaggression. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about what this is and how people might be experiencing it in the workplace? Like yes. if 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 I am you know twenty five year old Margie back at that corporate environment where I was, or or maybe like Margie here today. Um, What does that mean to me? What does that mean to another person?
2: Yes. Let me think of uh, some specific examples. So let me just start with the definition of microaggression. Microaggression is a term that was coined in 1970s to describe subtle actions that uh, were perceived as discriminatory towards people of color. Back then, it was only towards people of color. Today, women... People with disabilities, all of us have experienced microaggression in some form. A microaggression um, could look like this. Let's say you are um, an employee within an organization or a student and you go talk to your boss or to a counselor and you say, I really want to work myself, my skills up to this point because I want to be the marketing director. Right. And your boss might tell you, actually, Margie, you might want to look at being the assistant because you might not have the what it takes to be the director. Yeah. So let me help you become the assistant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, good intention maybe from the part of the your boss, but it, it's one of those comments that. Doesn't really help you no. get where you want to yeah. get.
0: It, in fact, uh, you know, we talked earlier about being a business owner and and that that psychological, like those types of things, work their way into your brain. Yes. Whether you are like the most confident, strong person mm-hmm. or not, if someone's telling you, you you may yes. not have the ability to do it
2: exactly. Or you know, and some people might be thinking, well, they're just being honest. They're just trying to help. Yes, but depending on the relationship you have with people, only you can decide if that's the case. Yeah. But if yeah. you if you're just um, um expecting to have some kind of support, that that can be very um misleading. It it, it could really impact your ability mm-hmm. to grow within the organization. Mm-hmm. There is a video that I always show during my my trainings, and it's a, a video of a, a comparison of a microaggression being like a mosquito bite. Mm-hmm. You go uh, through your days, and some of us experience more microaggression aggressions than others mm-hmm. And if you only have one or two bites of a mosquito, maybe it's not a big deal. But if you have multiple mosquito bites. Every single day, yeah. it mm-hmm. does impact your ability to focus on the job at hand, your productivity, mm-hmm. your engagement as an employee, your um, even relationships with your peers, because at some point, you're going to assume that those individuals are intentionally offending you, mm-hmm. intentionally in- excluding you. And that's problematic on multiple levels. Yeah. I mean, from a self-esteem perspective, but also from a, a relationship in the workplace perspective. Yeah. Uh, so the comments can vary, but the impact ultimately
0: is almost the same. I feel like you're describing my, uh, a part of my former career, (laughs) but it's true, right? Like it's just such an interesting thing that, um, it's hard to even be aware of that when you're in that situation, time, perspective, age, whatever, looking back, I'm like, Oh, And, and then let's, let's turn the tables because you might be the person that's the subject of that microaggression. Or what if, what if you're the person who you're listening to this and you're going like oh no you know what I I do this yeah. to somebody on yeah. a regular basis and I maybe never thought about like y- you might not be a bad person and you, yeah you might have their best interest in mind but mm-hmm. what are some of the ways that you tell people like mm-hmm. how can you turn that around yeah. is is yes. it a, um, a communication difference I mean yeah. what what is it. That's a very good question. You know, um, I think one, it's
2: all about awareness um, Mm -hmm. on both ends of of the spectrum. I have been um, on the receiving end of microaggressions, but I also have been on the giving, I think I have two. microaggressions. So that happens to all of us. Yeah. But the more awareness we have, we can self-monitor our thoughts and what we're telling each other. Mm-hmm. And if we do put our foot in our mouth and and, and make mm-hmm. a mistake mm-hmm. and, and then realize it, also saying, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to yep. say that. That didn't come out right. Yep. Mm-hmm. My intention was to say X versus Z." Mm-hmm. Sometimes yeah. Sometimes there's this gap between your intention, your impact, and and closing that gap. Uh, in our communication is very key. Uh, Let me just very quickly share with you my own personal experience not too long ago with microaggression. Uh, I was part of this meeting with uh, lots of professionals that I admire, and those professionals are in actually HR teams. And one individual who's not from uh, Iowa, she's from someplace else, she was a part of the the meeting as well. And as soon as I started talking, she picked up on my southern accent and wanted to know where I was from. Mm-hmm. I told her I was from Brazil. She wanted to know how long I have been in Iowa. I told her 20 years. And quickly, she went on to ask about my immigration status. Oh, oh. And I had never met her. It was my first <laughs>
0: ten minutes Why? with her. That's yeah.
2: And right. immediately I felt a physical yes. reaction. Yeah, but like had to like toe. You did something wrong. To I can feel it for to, you. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: I had a physical reaction mm-hmm, to that, mm-hmm. but in my mind, I knew this was a microaggression, yeah. and I kept telling myself, "Okay, Claudia, yeah. calm down. Yeah. She doesn't know that this could be offensive mm-hmm. and intrusive. Yeah. So, just be calm." And I I didn't say anything rude, but that really impacted the way I see that person oh, yeah. and, and even my willingness to wanna be yeah. a colleague or a friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you work with people, you don't have a choice. You have to be a colleague. You have to yeah. be uh, friendly. And that's even adds more pressure and stress. Yeah. I'm lucky that I don't have to work with this person. Yeah. But when that happens within your team, within mm-hmm. your organization,
0: mm-hmm. how do you- you get past that? How do you get past that? Past that? that? Yeah. yeah. It's hard. And luckily
1: you have the knowledge behind the experience yes. where a lot of times, somebody would not have the awareness or even recognize what was going on, but just feel it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then that snowballs.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I can, uh, this is probably not a microaggression, but a macroaggression. <laughs> oh no. Uh, somebody <laughs> oh, uh, where I used to work. I remember <laughs> yeah. like it's, it started the downward spiral of me leaving. Uh-huh. Ultimately somebody, um kind of screamed at me for something Mm. that wasn't my fault and i was like whoa 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 who are you like what are you doing Mm -hmm. and i came home and i i took it so personally Mm
1: -hmm. i took it
0: so personally instead of like stopping to look and go well that person is this you know like where where that came Mm -hmm. from that's that's it wasn't me like Mm -hmm. that he was screaming at or about ultimately. Right. But I just was on the other end of the macro aggression. And um, so I called my best friend and we drank a bottle of wine and (laughs) that's how I dealt with it. But it was like this spiral from there where I, my mind was uh, changed about that person and, and your whole entire
1: experience. Yeah. Yeah. My whole
0: entire experience. And then, you know, uh, fast forward another year, maybe or so, but like it, it, just got to a point where I was like, I, Mm -hmm. nothing's going to change about this. So Mm -hmm. I have to, if I'm going to make a decision, my sanity, I'll, I'll go the other way, Mm -hmm. you know? So, uh, it it is a tough thing and, uh, having the ability and, and the knowledge about these things, um, like, like you said, does make such a difference to be able to think about it and separate yourself a little bit from it and and go, it maybe wasn't me. Mm -hmm. Okay. We've got more to discuss here (laughs) on shining bright. We'll be right back. Welcome back. So as we wrap this up, we're going to talk a little bit more about inclusion and Claudia, can you talk to us a little bit more about what inclusion means? Because I, I get that it means I'm going to include you, right? Yes. But, but the layers and the levels yes. and, and the the stuff that you see surrounding mm-hmm. it um, yes. in workplaces.
2: So let me just start by saying that my field is really good about coming up with buzzwords.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got lots <laughs> of Yeah, them. there oh, are a lot of goodness. awareness. Mm-hmm. You know, we
2: started with diversity, then we added inclusion, now mm-hmm. we added equity, now belongness, and oh. the list goes on and on and on. So sometimes we do have issues about talking about inclusion because we don't have the language, we don't have the definition. But Uh the way I define inclusion is really about creating psychological safety Mm -hmm. and a Mm. sense of belonging for everyone In your organization. That sounds tough. Psychological safety. Yes. And psychological safety is when you are able to raise your hand in a meeting and share your opinion honestly and respectfully. And even if it's not the best idea in the room, you're still going to walk away feeling good that you you spoke you up. Said it, yeah. You said it. Yep. It's when you're able to live up to the company's values and your own values and and, and really have integrity when it's tough. Yep. You know, that is, for me, psychological safety. Because you're mm-hmm. not worried about, am I going to be fired? Am I going to be reprimanded? Am I going to not get a promotion because I said something, I said something. Mm-hmm. that I wasn't supposed to say? Uh, and that hinders... Um, our engagement with Mm -hmm. the organization we work with, uh, the way we see ourselves within the organization and so forth. Um, So for me, that is very important. Now, how do you measure psychological safety, how do you measure yeah. a sense of belonging? that is the tough part. Yeah. How do you mm-hmm. know when, when
0: mm-hmm. you've been able to help a, an yes. organization change?
2: I, I'm not sure we have one ideal metric mm-hmm. that you can go to and say, wow, we're doing very well when it comes to ses- psychological safety and a sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. So what companies do today is really having conversations and around how are you feeling? Having open conversations about how did that go? How did that meeting feel? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or um, having a company-wide surveys. Surveys, of course, they might be um, a little bit controversial for some people because some people might tell you I'll never answer a, a survey. Right. Yeah, I don't know who's looking at it. I don't know what you're going to do with it. Yeah. But starting the open conversations within your organization will quickly give you a read on psychological safety and sense of belonging.
0: So if there's someone sitting out there and they're going Mm -hmm. we have some issues in my workplace. I know it. Right. But Mm -hmm. I like being here and and I want to, I want to continue my career here. Mm -hmm. And, um, maybe they are in a rural area, maybe it's a small business, and maybe they don't have the resources to find a consultant regionally or or to help them through that. What is there any good ways that people can start the conversation that that maybe you've seen? I mean, Mm -hmm. Aaron mentioned Mm -hmm. like a focus, focus group isn't the right word, uh, like a a peer group, right? Where they focus maybe on uh, people who have come together to to focus on that in some mm-hmm. way, shape, or form. But mm-hmm. is there anything that you see or w- would suggest um, if, if there's uh, organizations or people in that situation? Yeah. It, to me, it it always depends on the structure of the
2: organization, it depends on uh, the industry, and and even the people around you. It's very difficult for me to have a formula or a template. But things that I have seen. Working—it's what Erin said. It's really working with the people around you, Mm -hmm. putting, bringing a group of people together, and starting the conversation. Am I the only one experiencing the microaggressions? Am I the only one experiencing? this kind of situation. And quickly you can find out if it's an isolated case or not. And often it's not.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would bet that it's way more often than not. Um, because really you and I don't know each other hardly at all, but mm-hmm. it feels like you're describing, you know, an 11 year period of my life and all these <laughs> things that you're saying. Right. And I know that Aaron has mm-hmm. these situations as well, because we've talked about it. And and so I know that people out there listening feel that same way. So I, I think, uh, yeah, there, there's solidarity in in talking to somebody yeah. else, right? Yeah. And understanding, and and I think that's where that growth happens, where you can say, okay, we have this experience collectively. Let's take that and yes. let's do something let's about elevate it. that a yes. little bit and huh. figure out how to deal with this.
2: Yes, and I have to say that uh, human resources mm-hmm. can be very beneficial, very helpful. I know that there are maybe um, opinions that human resources mm-hmm. teams don't help employees, but but it doesn't hurt to try, right. and if the response is not positive, maybe and try something. And try else. somewhere else. Yep. Yeah, yep.
0: There, it's not. It's not a brick wall, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, so great, Claudia. Thank you so much thank for being you. here and sharing your perspective and your thoughts and your insight about this very tough issue.